0: Podcast, Yip Yip. We're talking Avatar The Last Airbender on today's. We're not affiliated with... Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids. So turn this off and yell when your teacher confiscates your cool pen. Um, (laughs) I finally thought of another thing from my childhood that brought up a lot of weird memories. Um, But uh, my guest today is probably going to share happier things from child. I don't know. This is a weird intro already, but let's just get to it. Um, <laughs> She's a, a comedian here in the city of Philadelphia, and you can catch her co-hosting uh, the mic at the Grape Room in Manayunk. It's Fallon Kidder. Hey, Fallon.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah.
0: Oh, thanks for coming on. Um, so uh, this, is, this is like a heavy hitter that we're talking about today. This is...
1: I avatar so. the last
0: airbender like uh i think because for people like in our general age group and like you know millennials and i think gen uh, z are really starting to catch on to it as well like this is like the pinnacle of like you know adults and kids can watch it and like smart programming um so like what Oh, I can already see you're already failing a little bit.
1: I'm already crying. I love it so much. (laughs) So
0: so yeah, uh, walk me through a little bit. What's your kind of history and relationship with the show?
1: Oh, I'm I'm so glad you asked. So when the show first came out, like, I guess I was like late middle school, early high school, very much still a child um, because I was a little nerdy. And then the show came out and the first my first thought was like, I am not cool enough for the show. This show is super, super cool. Um, but I had friends that were watching it and I was like, Oh, if my friends are watching it, then I can watch it. Like I'm not, you know, my friends and I are at the same cool level. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I didn't, I didn't really have cable growing up. So it was like, whenever I was at my grandparents house that I would kind of watch like a little bit. Um, so it was like, whenever it was on, I just kind of tried to catch it and it wasn't until, uh, like, it was over, and I went to, like, my lib- my local library, and they had all the seasons on DVD that I, like, you know, borrowed, and-, and I watched it all. And as I was watching it, I was just so in love with the show, and the world, and the ideas, and even, like, you just said, like, it's for adults and kids, and I started tearing up, because it really is. Um, uh, I like to... It's so crazy because my parents will be like, oh, we just saw the show. Like, you should totally watch it, right? And I, I for a little while, I was like, oh, really? Like, what's its score on Rotten Tomatoes? Or like, what's its rating? And they'd be like, oh, it's like 93%, 94%. And I'd be like, Avatar The Last Airbender is higher. You should watch that instead. (laughs) They they still haven't, but like, I'm still, I'm going to push it on them. Uh, So I just... I like. I love the show. I, actually, I when they made the movie that doesn't exist, um, we don't talk about the movie. No, of I, course not. But it was M Night Shyamalan, and actually, I went to the audition for it for what? like extra. No, was it wasn't it was like an extra audition. Like I mean, it was just still. Like a of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like in high school, and I was like waiting in line at like the PA Convention Center, the Philadelphia Convention Center. Um, and I didn't get the part, but like a part, like they didn't call me back, but like, I'm glad I didn't like, it's fine. But, you know, I was just, I was just like, so like being like, oh, this is it. This is like my time to shine. This is the start. This is my big break, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. It's like, we'll move past the Shyamalan movie, but like, first of all, I'm a big Shyamalan fan. I've, this is one of the two, I think that I have not seen. Cause I just know, like, It's not worth it. And um, it's funny. They like Nickelodeon specifically was like, M. Night Shyamalan, this is all you. You should do this. It's this makes sense for you to adapt it. And like um, Shyamalan was like, oh, I watched the whole show with my daughters. And like, that's how. And it's so interesting because like essentially the last Airbender movie that the world got was like a fan movie, (laughs) like just a very high. Uh, price Big one
1: budget fan movie. Yeah, I guess I would. Uh, yeah,
0: and it, like my it, understanding with it, with it, because I assume that you've seen it.
1: I saw it. Yeah. Uh- <laughs>
0: like, because the thing is, like, Shyamalan's weak suit. Like, he's not good at dialogue. Like, his dialogue is always weird. And like, I, I, I heard that he took Avatar's world like so seriously, and like. Like I watched three episodes today, and it's still a fun show. Like it's serious and dour, but like part of it is that they're all kids, and they're all like kind of enjoying this, learning this magical trade together.
1: Yeah, they're they're all kids, but they actually like what what's going on in the world is really really serious. There is this a nation that's trying to basically assimilate the other nations and you know uh, before before we start before I you know uh, I, I like looked it up just to kind of you know get some background mm-hmm. and you know they were like, oh it's praised for you know uh, introducing children to the concept of like totalitarianism, genocide, um, just war like they're you know in the first episode um, there's something like, uh, Saka's like we don't have like you're like you're little kids but you we have to like protect the tribe like we're we're the soldiers of the tribe. which yeah. is just so like that is heartbreaking that you're telling children that are like I you know I want to go play or whatever that they have that they're like the last defense for you know everybody. Right
0: like the uh, whole premise of the show is like this war has been going on for basically a century because Aang um, and I forget exactly what happened to him. Cause I'm sure that they talk about it more as the show goes on, but like he gets frozen, I think while trying to do some sort of airbending and that caused the world to go into disarray and just like generations inheriting this war. And in the first episode, um, Sokka, um, is like teaching these toddlers, like how to defend and like build things. And, uh, You know, just learn to put up any sort of defense.
1: Yeah. um, Like the characters are all like 12, 13, 14, 15. Maybe like I think uh, Zuko might be like 16 and he's like the oldest. Right. Um, And then they're all, they're all, they're all, they're, they are children you know, they're teenage, they're older children, but they're still children. And they have such seriousness going about them. Like Sokka grows up so fast. Like he, he even like takes care of Katara. Like he's like, I'm the man of the family. I have to take care of my sister. Like I have to do all these things. He like becomes a warrior. It's not very obvious in the first episode, but (laughs) they all, they're all like trained to fight. And well, that's
0: all that's Zuko's whole thing. Like how he I mean, he, you know, he has a terrible, terrible relationship with his father and like all of his motivation is to get his father to see him and be impressed by him. And like his identifying characteristic is this scar from when they like fought. And I mean, throughout the whole show, it's him just trying to accept and listen to himself instead of just, oh, what would my father want and what would make him proud and what would redeem myself instead of like. I'm I'm a yeah I'm a child who was taught to hate and uh like I I I I don't have a huge knowledge in my head of like the chronology of like Nickelodeon and Nicktoons but um this show I think got a lot of praise and is so historic because like kind of in a similar but obviously much much different way to like hey Arnold this show really just dealt with stuff and talked about it very blankly instead of making some great big parable or some like really dumbed down way of talking about things.
1: I do. I do think that, you know, that these are like serious things. Like there, there's like a Holocaust, like there was a Holocaust against the airbenders. Right. That's right. And and that's like the, the, and like, you know, Aang's the last one and like his entire family you know know, well they don't really have families they have the monks and stuff but you know they're they're all dead and you know when you tell kids blankly like everybody you know they're all gone and even in the one of the earlier episodes like Katara's like trying to warn them like this war has been going on no one's seen a like an airbender in 100 years like you you got to be aware of this and this is so real and it you know children especially like kind of like your your middle middle like like teen all like younger younger teen you know like that that's like very that's very real or it's a good way to show it but in the show in, in in addition to dealing with these very heavy topics um they they like have fun they're they're kids they um They like, there's a, there's an episode where they all go to the beach, not even like the main group, like the, the kind of like the, almost the villains of the group, like go to the beach, like that's a whole episode and it kind of shows their human side and um, they're, you know, they, they uh, go penguin sledding and (laughs) Um, They 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 go on like adventures where they go to other places and they make other friends like they meet the Kyoshi Warriors and, you know, they make friends and uh, there's the 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 swamp people who have who are waterbenders, but they don't live in either of the water tribes, but they're waterbenders and they're like we like they're isolated from society and they make friends. And towards the end of the episode, all the friends come together and it's so cute. Oh, my heart.
0: Yeah, it, like the the show right off the gate, like has a very clear vision of what it is and what it wants to be. And I didn't get a chance to really do a deep dive because I know that there was so much out there. And I was honestly overwhelmed trying to <laughs> prepare for this episode because it feels like if I get stuff wrong, uh, I'm going to I'm going to hear about it. But um, the creators of the show, um, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian uh, Conietzo. I believe that they like they pitched this to Nickelodeon they liked it Nickelodeon uh bought it and I, I I think I kind of inferred from the production notes that they basically just mapped out the whole show for like two years so like I think it's always interesting when you see a show is like exactly what they planned like they're not there isn't really any filler in this show. Like um, you talked before about how uh, you watched it on DVDs and uh, the library. I remember this was one of like the first things that I watched on Netflix when they just started doing like online streaming stuff. And like, you know, I had the terrible like Wii app for Netflix and it sucked so bad, but like, yeah, I remember this was like the first thing that I really went through on there. And yeah, like, sure they have that beach episode one of the episodes that I watched today was the Ember Island players which is the last episode before like the hour and a half finale yeah. and even though that episode feels kind of like a filler because it's like the gang goes to see a play about their conquest so it's basically a recap of the entire show but the end of the episode you it, it you still kind of get insight and it becomes more of like a, a noteworthy episode because the kids like actually get the gravitas of their villain, like dealing with the fire nation and knowing that like, this could be a death sentence that um, everybody in this kingdom that they're uh, like hiding in wants them dead and thinks that they're fools for trying to you know challenge them.
1: Actually one of my favorite parts of the episode is or or of the series is um like Ang, like everybody's telling Ang uh sorry I'm going to spoil it so if you haven't watched it just If
0: you haven't see. watched it like get on it. I don't know how you got 14 minutes in.
1: <laughs> but um you know everybody's telling Ang you have to you have to kill Fire Lord like you have to. Like that's the only way you're going to stop this war. That's the only way. And he's just so pure of heart. He's like, there's, there's a, I, that can't be it. And he like, there's a lot of um, like re- like the idea of reincarnation in here, where he like talks to his past selves, and they're all saying, that's right. Like, you need to do this, and, and it's you know the entire the entire series is like he has these past selves that he relies on that guide him that do all these things, and for him to be like. I don't, like, making a very tough decision, like, between what he thinks is right and good and what, you know, everybody else thinks is right and good, um, and the morality and what happens, and, uh, it's just, and, and he, he doesn't succumb to it, like, he is his own person, even though he's really, you know, got, you know, he, he's got all these past lives, and, uh, it's so, you know, I think about, like, the real, the the real world and i'm like ooh if we you know i wish there was a way that we could just instead of like what could we do that wasn't killing someone who's making terrible decisions you know take take away his his bending or uh take away his uh you know social platforms is that gonna help <laughs> um is it is yeah that- oh
0: my god when the fire lord got banned from twitter oh my god that was <laughs> that was not good i mean like it was a sigh of relief but oh my god then he started his own platform um called a uh, fire i'm trying it's hard, yeah, it's
1: uh, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> boy that was
0: really subtle wasn't it <laughs> uh. <laughs> um but yeah like the show and and i think what's really important is it has all of these moral quandaries and issues that the characters have to deal with. And like, they also deal with and explore the consequences of it. Like, okay. If Ang has to kind of beat up a group of people or they, you know, defeat um, bad guys, like they are teenagers, they're preteens. And also like still taking a human life or, Like maiming or harming somebody, even if they're the bad guy. Like, who are these people? Like, they're all just people. And I like, especially that last season when they're in the Fire Nation. It's like, oh, these are all just citizens that are being fed this doctrine over and over again. So of course, that's their worldview.
1: Yeah, and and you know, back to the beach episode, they're really showing the you know these these villains. Like, this is their human side. Like, they like to have fun. It was it's so it's so interesting just the characters and their, their moral quandaries and, you know, the the, the truly, truly uh, the power of friendship. Uh Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And also the, the power of like gentleness, gentleness and femininity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the first episode, um, you know, Katara is the only waterbender in the South pole in her uh, tribe down there. But Saka still was like, you know, like you're doing like your girl powers and stuff and I'm going to hunt. And um, a lot of people throughout the series mock Aang for his, you know, childlike wonderment. And uh, because he's just like a young boy, kind of like that inherent uh, femininity. And then, you know, bringing it back to that Amber Island Players episode, how he gets so upset that he's being portrayed by a woman. Uh, but Everybody is pointing out, like, yeah, but you have kind of a softness and a kindness to you that isn't just like as brutish as all of the other characters that you encounter.
1: Uh, I have so many things to say. So go in, for it. <laughs> in in season two, they meet Toph Beifong, who is the Earthbender that teaches Ang Earthbending. She rules. She she re- she re- she really does rule. She's one of my favorite characters, but he has such a lightness about her and she's so tough that she's the one that like calls him twinkle toes. And then that's their, right, like, uh, that's like their thing. And, uh, it's such a, di- it's such a dichotomy, like this, this, like this very tough girl who's also, um, you know, blind is like, you know, t- telling Aang that he's kind of like a pushover, uh, I guess, uh, twinkle toes and like being very like airy, bendy softness. Um, and then it, it's, and back to like Katara and Sokka, right? Um, mm-hmm. could, the the reason why Katara is the only waterbender left in the North Pole is when she was a smaller child, the air, the Fire Nation came down to her tribe and said, we want to see the, we want to take all the waterbenders. And her mother said, I'm a waterbender. You can take me like take me uh, knowing yeah. that Katara's the waterbender and the fire nation says, Oh, we're not taking prisoners today. They slaughter everybody. Um, and so that's like a huge thing for Katara. Like her mother, I don't, I actually don't know if she knows. I can't, I don't remember if she knew that. But uh, we're, oh, no, 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 the the Fire Nation told her that's what happened Mm -hmm. further on. And for, you know, like her mother's death, the fact that her mother was trying to protect her and this like sacred art. And how, you know, when she goes up to the North Pole and she tries to learn this like sacred art that her mother died for her to learn. And they're like, no, 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 we don't teach girls like you've got to move on. And for her to be like, no, 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 I'm going to prove myself. And she becomes an amazing waterbender. She's uh, actually I I don't want to get to. There's also uh, a sequel to this called Legend of Korra. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I was going to I was going to bring that up because I assume that you also went in on watching that as well.
1: I I watched like the, I can't, I watched the first season twice and I can't get any further. I just, I just don't like it as much. Um, but, you know, they reference Katara's still alive. She's just an older woman. And, you know, they say she's the waterbender master. And like, you know, we, and you know, all her adventures, you know how she got to this point. And it's so, it's so tearing up.
0: Yeah. And then uh, it's also interesting because a lot of the um, different, elements and benders have their own kind of like side bends like uh the I think the most famous example in this show is how water benders they're also blood benders because you know blood is just thicker water and it's kind of this moral that uh morality thing that uh Aang and Katara have to talk about and work through because like if a bad guy is coming at you you could like stiffen their blood and kind of like force them to either stay in place or do what you want but it becomes this interesting thing of like but that's wrong because like that takes away their free will and it just is more of a traumatizing and like evil thing kind of uh in harry potter how there's the unforgivable uh curses
1: yeah actually i i did i was thinking like even before i was like oh Blood bending is a lot like the Cruciatus curse. It is physically hurting whoever you're making do these things because they don't want to, and you're not moving their muscles. You are moving the water inside of them. Yeah, and like, like you're that, giving them
0: the bends in yeah, like it, a horrific way.
1: Yeah, yes, basically, and even when Katara, Katara does it, especially to the to the man that killed her her mother. Um, and she has to stop herself and it's a, it, it, I I think it really like kids should identify with, like, that's, that's something to identify with. Like you have this, if you have a power, you know, you like, should you use it to hurt people? Even, even if it's something dumb, like words or like something like bullying, like, is that right? Yeah. Like just Um, because
0: you can, and in a way people wouldn't blame you for it, but like, yeah. Do you take that moral high ground and like fight on an even playing field or do you take that, you know, the dirty trick or the advantage and win at any cost, which seems to be more of the um, Fire Nation's mantra.
1: Yeah, uh, like Zuko definitely in the beginning and then, you know, he goes through this, this change she's a he's a round character he's a dynamic round character he
0: is we're very uh, proud of him
1: yeah and then but Azula definitely like there even her own like she would throw her own friends if just to get what she wants mm-hmm. um which and
0: she basically does that throughout the show
1: she does actually Azula is my favorite character on the show just because she's just she definitely has like a uh A personality disorder of some Mm -hmm. sort and it's so she's so flawed and yet so perfect it's so it's so well done I think like her character is just well done Um, yeah like
0: there's no character in the show from my recollection that like they're very one node and they don't you don't understand why they're doing what they're doing because yeah obviously um you uh disagree with the fire nation and all of their evil ways but if I remember the the kind of the impetus for it besides just okay the avatar is gone and didn't maintain the peace but it was this kind of thing of like how they were kind of like almost the outcast of the foreign nations because like air, earth, and water like they kind of can be a little bit more gentler but because fire is so you know hot, intense masculine raw like they were kind of pushed away
1: it's it's uh i I don't i don't know if i agree um i think it was very much mirrored in real life like it's very much like the japanese empire right like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a mirror um it in the show they kind of like you know uh, ang talks to like avatar roku which was the avatar before him because that's his soul guide and avatar roku explains that he was talking to the initial fire lord who started the war cuz they were best friends and he says something to the effect of you know we're doing so great like this nation is so great we're so rich everybody's getting an education like this is so awesome we need to spread this goodness to everybody else. Like nobody, none of these other nations know how good we have it. We need to give it to them. And Roku's like, I don't know, <laughs> my, my dude. Like that's, that's uh doesn't sound so hot. And, you know, they fight and,
0: you know. Wow. I, okay. I didn't even, I did not remember that. Cause yeah. yeah and I, I, that does kind of play, I guess, more into the universe of, and kind of the, uh, different ideas that um, De Martino and Conetico were going towards because then that becomes a thing of uh, like the imperialism and different ways that you know imposing your will uh, onto a complete other person can uh, just yeah, fuck and, with things.
1: Yeah and this is why they go after like the air nomads because the air nomads are like uh, you know uh, kind of like a mirror of like Buddhist monks and they're just they're just totally wiped out and then you know getting rid of all the water benders that they can meet you know uh, and you know trying to take over the earth kingdom like um, uh, uncle Iroh who, who's Zuko's uncle like and the he's, best
0: character in the show
1: he's very uh, he's he's so great I I it's it's a shame that they could not keep him just because the you know the the voice actor passed away yeah in in real life, yeah so like there you know it's just like everything's in memory of Iroh and Mako uh, who is like the character uh, the the voice actor Mm -hmm. and um, you know he Iroh is very famous for how he could not take over like a city I think it was Bossing Say. like he like it was a walled city and he could not he he laid siege to it for however long and just couldn't get to it and in bossing say they have their own weird thing going on where they are uh, basically gaslighting their citizens by saying there is no war we are at peace this is great but no one leave no one you can't talk about the war there is no war uh, and uh we're great here we're just we're just chilling mm-hmm. um which is also very messed up you know that's that's very Soviet I guess you know just saying, yeah
0: but again you understand like why the leaders are doing it the way that they're doing especially like and uh, when you go to the uh uh the earth kingdom they're all kind of very strong they have their whole operations of how they do things they have their cabbages on all that um but yeah like I I just by and large um, and you know what? Maybe I'm due for a rewatch because it's been so long, and these three episodes that I watched were like as delightful as I remember them being in my head. and like, I, and you know, we kind of keep saying it over and over again, but just how nuanced a portrayal of war and like what it looks like on the ground, not just like,, you know, the battles that you see, but how uh, any kind of conflict becomes it truly just upends societies as a whole. Uh,
1: and and besides, you know, this constant fear of war and like, you know, being, being warriors and being trained to fight, you know, they meet a lot of people who like other kids who are like, Oh yeah. Like my parents died in the war. I'm an orphan. I have a uh, blood, like a blood oath against this, like these people that killed me, and it's on both sides. Um, even, even the Fire Nation are like, yeah, those, those Waterbenders fucked us up, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, it, it gets, it gets interesting, right? Because you have these four nations, and they're all different. They're all unique. They have their own culture um and they're trying to get along with each other which even ang says like oh like everybody separated in the world that they're in today but in ang's world he had friends everywhere and they tried to respect each other well they did respect each other they didn't try they did they did respect each other and now you know like you got you know waterbenders against firebenders and like they're not so hot with the Earthbenders. No one's really in an allyship, which is part of what they're trying to do in the series is to get everybody together to ally against the Fire Nation. And um, it's it's and that's the point of the Avatar is he's the master of all four, and the reincarnation goes in a cycle so that he speaks for everybody, and he's the one that maintains peace between the nations um in not in avatar but in legend of korra korra's korra's the new avatar when ang dies in the water nation and uh they have their own like conflict going on with between like benders and non-benders which didn't exist in time because benders when water non-benders work together um but you know some of the not like they're they're being bullied basically you know it's a like a classic system i don't mean to get into legend of korra there's like a class no
0: go for i mean like it's part of the same universe and it it, like it, it's the same they treat it the same way that like you know um the evil mutants in x-men treat the non-mutants in x-men or like uh wizards versus muggles like right. you know it's it's a it's a trope that appears a lot just because like naturally in a world with all of this power um it's kind of seen as intelligence and super strength and all this stuff and it's like oh if you don't have that, you must be an inferior person,
1: right? And that's the conflict in Korra. But there's a moment that I really like, where one of the non-benders says, "Like Korra, like, aren't you going to help us? You know, you're our avatar too." And like Korra's like, "You're right. Like, I can't. You can't be fighting. Like, I have to make peace with everybody. Um, You know, we can't. And and like, it's hard for her because she is a she is a bender and she loves bending." and uh, that's part of the plot is like she doesn't want to not be a bender and she's definitely afraid of it but um anyway but but it's it's kind of the same thing where like ang is everybody's avatar and he is also the fire nations avatar. he also has to learn fire bending so his he he can't just like destroy all the fire nation and like with his allies you know he has to he has to kind of kind of make peace and that's a lot for a 12 year old even yeah. if a 112
0: <laughs> <laughs> right and like I, and the whole lesson of the avatar is such a great metaphor that isn't heavy-handed like the show could have been so over the top and so obvious and coy but it's so realistic and how it portrays a lot of this stuff so the uh, and the whole lesson of the avatar being like oh to find peace and harmony in the world, like humanizing every person you meet and like, just, just, you know, it it's, you hear about it since like kindergarten. I'm just like, see everybody as a friend and like, just be nice and uh, celebrate different differences and similarities. And like, yeah, that's,
1: is not that the greatest lesson is to, you know, you got to you got to celebrate your your differences and, you know, the similarity, like just as yeah. you said.
0: And how you work together, that one thing that you can't do, you find somebody else that can do it and you do something that they can't do. And it just kind of works out
1: also to, you know, part of that whole like, you know, he's 12 years old and that's a lot of burden to, to put on a 12 year old. Um, it's, it's like the, the hero's journey where, he, and he very much follows this hero's journey where the, like, you know, there's the call to action and then like the, the refusal. refusal yeah and he definitely does all that. He just follows this very neat laid out path of all this stuff, you know, all, you know, the supernatural help, the, the goddess who you it's Katara, um, <laughs> Oh, it's such a it's such a good show. Now I want to re like I did I did rewatch the first two episodes, and I've been, uh, I've I should finish Cora. I just I just can't, I just can't. It's not. Is it episode. just like
0: it? It just kind of like it, it just the energy kind of goes.
1: Uh, I I don't want to like spoil it because some people may have not seen it, but basically something happens. That I didn't want to happen and it makes me very angry that it happened and I am very sad over it so Got I don't want to I don't so it can't continue to happen if I don't watch it <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's legit it hasn't happened yet it doesn't yeah, it exist hasn't, it not um, and unfortunately if you want to watch Avatar or Korra, you do have to get a Paramount Plus subscription which is The most unnecessary of the streaming services?
1: I watch on Netflix.
0: Oh, okay. Either that, yeah, get a VPN, I guess, instead, because that's easier.
1: and if you absolutely love, like, the characters and the style, because it's very much like a Americanized version of anime, but it's not anime. You know? Yeah, it's I like... did
0: learn that because I I wanted to say, like, anime influence, but I, I know that there is a very specific definition. But I know that, because um, I did want to bring this up at some point, that, like, the creators and the staff, like, really did their homework and, like, brought in a lot of, like actual um like uh chinese martial artists and a lot of south asian consultants to make like all of the different bender moves distinct but also accurate to like who these people would be and how they would land in uh like culturally and like it's it's just really well and carefully done
1: all, yeah like all of the different bending is like a different martial like a real martial art i forget what it was but it's like you know uh jujitsu is like fire i'm uh, you know what i'm not gonna i'm gonna be wrong so i believe tai
0: chi is airbending because it's kind of the more yeah. like gentle and flowy um thing um but yeah uh like do you, do you have any final thoughts about avatar or like anything that you wanted to bring up but haven't yet before we kind of go into the rating
1: I just want to bring up that if you do like the style and you do like the story there is a great show on Netflix called The Dragon Prince which is very similar and also um, the
0: uh, the actor that voices Sokka I saw is in
1: that yes yes, yes. which we're, we're all we're all very we all cry cuz because in, in Avatar the uh, last airbender, he dates a girl who becomes the moon, uh, yeah. which is like a thing. Uh, and then and in Dragon Prince, he dates a girl who is also somehow related to the moon. And we're all very happy for Sokka <laughs> slash that that voice actor who continues dating the moon.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> so that that voice actor is Jack Decina, and when they were advertising this show back in 2003. Um, I was excited because Jack Decino was a cast member on all that. And then when oh. I watched Avatar, I was like, oh, this is not a TV show for me. And then I only got into it because they had a comic of like an episode in Nickelodeon magazine. And I was like, oh, this is funny. So that helped give me another look.
1: You You just named like four more things from my childhood from all that to Nickelodeon magazine
0: <laughs> Nickelodeon magazine I like made a joke on Twitter about the um, dog reporter Zelda van gutters radio silence because people were like that's too that's too many levels deep I can't do that um,
1: Zelda the dog reporter Zelda made a joke during the month of Thanksgiving where she says I am what I am and I thought it was <laughs> so the funniest thing I still remember. I'm like, That's I remember shit. that Thanksgiving. That's so good. Anyway.
0: Um, also, I did find um, on the Wikipedia what the, the the martial arts for the different nations are. Um, so water bending uh, uses tai chi because it focuses on alignment, body structure, breath, and visualization. Um, for earth bending, um, it's hungar. Um, which is because there, it's firm stances and powerful strikes uh, to kind of represent solidarity uh, and solidity within the earth. Um, And uh, for firebending, it's uh, northern Shaolin, um, which is strong arm and leg, and then uh, Bagua, which is dynamic circular movements, that is airbending. And apologies if I um, didn't pronounce those correctly, but Yeah. So these all kind of came from very, a lot of the different parts of the show came from like very specific research. Like it's, they were very, they're not just weeaboos. Yeah. They used the term um, broadly inspired because like they wanted to, you know, celebrate the Asian influence uh, specifically the East Asian and like kind of how uh, Buddhism and uh, uh, Hinduism kind of lent itself to kind of this world that they were building. But Obviously they didn't want to just Specifically say like oh we're only using This style of East Asian Because they you know They they couldn't really get it All into one culture so kind of getting A bunch of different bits and pieces From different East Asian cultures um, But kind of letting These experts lead them down those paths Kind of made it a very rich um, And full uh, Show like they Sorry. were Saying they wanted to have like a rich Continuity and like have the the world feel lived in from the second that you drop in. And I think they're successful in that.
1: I think they're so successful. Yeah. I'm going to go and watch it all over again. All right.
0: Um, But before you get to rewatching it, um, now's the part of the episode where we rate everything on a scale from zero to five. Um, And uh, I'll I'll start with you Fallon, but um, what would you rate uh, Avatar today? You know, a scale of zero to five, you can be as specific uh, and minute as you would like with your number.
1: Uh, I'm gonna give it a 4.8. you know it I, I, I can't give anything like a total five, but I, I so love the show and th- you know the the parts that I don't like are, are you know I can't, I can't think of any at the moment but um, totally. Yeah, but a, f- a 4.8 like a solid 4.8.
0: Yeah, I think that's a totally good score. I'm I'm in a similar place to you. I'm giving a 4.433. Um, like it's it's a really good show. It it does great for what it is. Um, yeah yeah, I couldn't give it a perfect score. And also like, uh, yeah, I haven't watched it in so long, so I can't give it like the most glowing thing. But from the three that I watched, I was I remembered. Oh, this is why, um, I like this show. Um, but crunching the numbers, look, Avatar: The Last Airbender is pretty up there. It is. It is the eighth highest rated thing that we've uh, reviewed on this show as of now, which is pretty impressive. Um, So we're giving uh, Avatar a combined score of 4.6165. So in our rankings, that puts it just above School of Rock and just below the Muppet movie. So real heavy contenders. But in terms of being a, a modern classic, I think I can't think of a better place for it to be.
1: Uh, it's it's truly I think I think it, i think it's a deserved spot I'm so i agree
0: um butff thank you so much for coming on um thank you so much tell everybody about me. yeah oh it was my pleasure tell everybody about um uh the mic at uh uh the grape room in pennsylvania
1: yep yep uh everyone uh it's uh right now we're doing like showcases every Tuesday at the great room in maniunk um but definitely it's a great room it's a great it's a great atmosphere. We just did Eric Turrell's album release party. Definitely go watch that on Amazon, um, mm-hmm. his, his comedy special. And that's, <laughs> um, and it, it, we, we, we're a fun room and we have a lot of fun, and a lot of funny people come by. And yeah, we have well, a great
0: time. Your co host of the room is a, a friend of the podcast, uh, Siobhan, Siobhan O'Hara. Oh, yeah. Yes. We love Siobhan. She's got to come back at some point. But yeah, the, it's um, I've been to the grape room a few times. Um, I actually um, was going to do the open mic uh, on a date years ago. And the plan was I'd get a happy hour with this guy. And then I had the end point of the night because I'm like, oh, the the open mic starts at eight. So I got to go. Uh, but he wanted to come. He's like, no, I could go. That sounds cool. So then luckily, by the time I got to your mic, uh, there were 40 something people on the list. So I'm like, oh, I guess we can't do it. And that guy never had to see me do stand up. <laughs> so and blessing in disguise.
1: Truly, that is not the first time I've heard of anyone bringing... A first date to an open mic like th- there was there was a person came up and was like yeah I'm on a first date and like did her set in front of this dude and I was like that's 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 brave I think <laughs>
0: that's brave I uh, I learned my lesson when I was single and I I said that on my profile like oh I love comedy or something or I'm a comedy person but I deleted I'm a comedian because then you would get so many messages like oh you're funny tell me a joke or something like that, and then they're mean. They like neg you. They're like, "That wasn't that funny," and it's like, "Okay, well, don't send me a dick pic, please." Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, sending something, um, send us a review uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen, because that'll help us uh, in the grand scheme of things. And you know, uh, share with your friends. But that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight. And go, go gadget and show.